Welcome back to Talking Tunes. I'm Oscar Osbo, and we're hanging out right now with Beth Beeman from the Playhouse of White Lake. And uh, Beth, how are you doing with all this? You know, I'm okay. I'm, you know, pretty much we're, I'm home. Chris, of course, is working, um, but um, I'm home and working from home. We The only time I leave is if we need food. Um, you know, we've done some yeah. takeout from places, uh, trying to support the local businesses, but it's, you know, that's hard. Yeah. Um, you know, cause you feel bad for everybody and you know, it's not going to be quite enough, but I want them to know that we, that we're still here and there we, we get it. Um, but it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Um, but we're hanging in there, you know, um, like I said, Chris is going, he's a pharmacist, so he's at Rite Aid, you know, and oh, he's okay. leaving the house every day. So he gets enough exposure for both of us. Right. Um, you know, so that's hard. So do you, um, do you do the drop the clothes at the door and take a shower? <laughs> We haven't done that quite yet, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, you know, he's not touching people, um, and he's somewhat distanced from them, you know, at the counter, but it's, yeah, I mean, he's being very careful when he comes home, he does change his clothes and, you know, puts them in the washer and, um, you know, it's just, it's a weird, it's weird. And then the uncertainty of what's to come, you know, for the playhouse for the next, you know, month, um, I've already canceled everything through April. Um, that's happened. I've got one more show. I've got to contact people for on April, but that's going to be canceled too. Cause you know, now they're saying it's, uh, you know, until April 30. Yeah. You can't um, even, can't even do anything outdoors. I mean, you know, because yeah. you can't have a crowd of people together nope. to view nope. anything. So, so we're kind of going to more, like, we're working on more online stuff. Um, you see a lot of the concerts and people doing, you know, musicians doing stuff, stuff from their living rooms. Um, right. Chris and his, uh, like three other actor friends all did uh, the Monty Python, the four Yorkshiremen. They each took their lines and recorded them, you know, themselves doing them. And then we oh, sent that, them to our friend. Yeah. And sent them to our great. friend in Chicago. Um, and they, their daughter is putting it, she put it together in a video and we're going to put that up as content. So we're hoping that, you know, we're just going to continue to reaching out to people with funny stuff and just um, also at some point with musicians to be able to, um, uh, you know, musicians to uh, be able to have them do concerts that they can, you know, get money for. And then maybe we get some for the playhouse as well. So, yeah, yeah. that's what we're doing. There's a, there's a ton of them out there right now as far as different musicians that are doing things. I mean, that one yeah. that they, the weight the, by the band, that yep. they had Ringo Starr and uh, actually Robert, Robbie Robinson and, and so many other people from around the world that did th- that song. And I thought it was just amazing. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it was. I mean, how they put it all together and everything, you know, everybody wearing headphones to get ready for their yeah. part, you know, it's just amazing what they can do today. I mean, even though they can't be together, they can still record something that nice and, and uh, yeah. you know, share it with what everybody. What is it in, Robbie? F-demented.
my bed When looking for a place to hide When I saw old Carmen on the double Walking side by side Say hey, come on, come on Let's go downtown She said I gotta go But my friend can stick around Take a lot of baby Take a lot for free Down, Miss Moses, there ain't nothing you can say. Just so Luke, and Luke's waiting on Judgment Day. Hey, Luke, my friend, what about your Annalise? Said, do me a favor, son, won't you stay and keep Annalise company? Take a load off, Fanny. Take a load for free.
young lady that did uh, My Heart Must Go On or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's a young lady in her house with her, I don't know, husband or boyfriend or whatever, just singing, you know, to the mm-hmm. to the phone. Sounded great. You know, I That's just, awesome. it's yeah. pretty amazing stuff.
the one thing that surprised me, I mean, I, Paul Simon, he did his, you know, the boxer, one of my favorite songs right. of Paul Simon's and, but it, it, it didn't sound that great. I'm thinking, come on, you're Paul Simon, man. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> yeah, remember, I, I remember Art Garfunkel explaining that, that whole thing where he said, you know, I, Paul Simon was crazy because he had to go into cathedral to record the boxer and he had to step in different spots in the cathedral to get the right echo. And here he is and, you know, in front of a, look like a cheaper phone <laughs> yeah. that he did it in front of. But anyway, you know, I, I guess it's just, he still spent time to do it. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. But. Hello, my friends. I send you my love and concern and I dedicate this song to my fellow New Yorkers. Seldom told Squanders his resistance For a pocket full of mumbles Such a promises All eyes and chest Still a man hears What he wants to hear And disregards the rest
It's it's kind of amazing. I saw one by I think it was Cheryl Crow did one, and sure. and just it's just amazing how people are are dealing with this whole thing. And I think it you know and it just goes to show for me personally you know how much people rely on the art um, for uh, comfort and um, connection. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing. I mean we know it you know somewhere you know you know that that's the case, but in times when you are unable to connect physically with people, how much the art you know, step in to, to bridge that gap. And I think that's been pretty cool too. Pray you'll be and watch us where we go and help us to be I pray we'll find your love. I pray we'll find your love. And hold it in our hearts. And hold it in our hearts. When stars go out each night. When stars go out each night. Remind us where you are. Let this be our Shadows fill our day. Let shadows fill our day. Lead us to a place. Guide us with your grace. To a place where we'll be safe.
just like every child. Just like every child needs to find, find a place. Guide us with your grace. Give us faith so we'll be safe. Needs to find a place. Guide us with your grace. Give us faith so we'll be Hi there. My name is Roland Sandberg and I tune in all the way here in Finland, Europe. Lots of greetings from Finland. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Talking Tunes. I'm your announcer, Kitty Litter. Now it's time to talk to the loon tunes of Talking Tunes. Here they are, the Talking Tunes crew. 91X, FAMA, Baja California, Mexico. Welcome to Talking Tunes 2020. Welcome to Talking Tunes. I'm Oscar Asbone. We've been doing some, well, radio legends, and uh, we've talked to uh, many radio legends, and we're going to do that for the next few weeks just to get through this little virus thing that's going on here and uh, hopefully get the team all back together. But I miss my team, so we're going to share some stuff with the team right now. But we're going to talk about a radio legend that uh, we had part of the team, which was Britta Cleveland. So here's Britta Cleveland. Talking tunes. Amazing. We're going to talk about the amazing Britta now. Oh. And that, you know, you two have a, a kind of a love relationship going there. It's a love fest. A love fest. I love fest. I love Kathy. But now, Britta and, I, I, Britta and I both go back to the mm-hmm. Sunny FM days, way back with uh, JoJo Gerard. And uh, were you there with Biggins or no? I was not. Okay, I, was, so I was not there. I got there at the very tail end of when JoJo was there, right before he left to go east. Okay, now everybody's that Sunny FM. If and it was Sunny FM. I'm sorry, the, the new. It was the new Sunny FM. <laughs> yes. For five years, it was the, it was new. the new Sunny yes. FM. Yes, I was yeah. there right at the tail end of that before they turned it into just WSNX. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's where I got my. Well, I started at Rock 101, and I was just an intern running in traffic because that was when they were doing wacky morning show bits. Hmm. And um, oh, who was it? Was this Gene Gregory? Gene Gregory. Yeah, I remember Gene and yeah. Mark Fury. Yeah, you remember those guys? Oh, yeah. Wow, that's a blasphemy. Oh, yeah. They yeah. were having me run around in traffic. I mean, literally running around in traffic and doing beach hits. And I was the I was the gopher in the morning. You know, yeah, literally, was I was taking Gene. the van to get washed, and yeah. you know, <laughs> and uh, I was there for about four months doing that. And then um, Bob Goodrich, who was the owner of Goodrich Broadcasting at the time, was right. uh, over there by the drive-in movie theater. Pulled me aside one morning. He's like, kid, in the way you know Oscar, the oh, way yeah. he talks. Yeah, he pulled me aside a few times. Oh, kid. <laughs> Quite kid. a few times. Now, I know you've never done your own radio show, and you're just an intern, And but uh, uh, kid, we need you to fill in doing the midday show on Sunny FM just for a couple weeks. And that turned into over six years. Yeah. And then... Um, Did they ever send you to Lansing? No. He sent me to Lansing a couple of times after no. I had like one hour of sleep, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he didn't make me drive all the way to Lansing, but um, right around the time, by that time I, I got married and I was expecting my first child 
And um, literally the week I was due to have my baby, Bob sold the Goodrich radio stations to Clear Good Channel. channel. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm never going back. I'm going to stay home. Be a stay home mom. I'm, you know, I'm going to stay at home. That's all there is to it. This is the perfect time for me to quit. Well, the general manager um, kept calling me while I was on maternity leave and he's like come come back come back. I'm like no I'm really going to be a stay at home mom he's like bring your baby to work <laughs> <laughs> so I did I, I brought my baby to work and at the time the radio station was kind of a ghost town I mean there was hardly anybody working in the building so I had a whole couple of offices to myself that I could have a little nursery set up and my baby actually I gave people prizes if they could hear my daughter in the background I'm like if you hear my daughter cry <laughs> call me now if you're the eighth caller I'll give you movie tickets so how how old is that daughter now? She is 20. Oh, my goodness. Okay. She is 20. Okay. Now, didn't Bill Marshall work with you back yes, then? Yes. And, good, and yeah. to this day, my daughter knows of him as Uncle Bill. Yeah. Aww. Uncle Bill. And he called her little Wilhelmina because yeah. his name is Bill. You know, he called her little Wilhelmina. And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, Bill. She's gonna think you're her daddy, but <laughs> you're just Uncle Bill. You're Uncle Bill. So yeah, she still knows of him as yeah, uh, Uncle Bill, and she's little Wilhelmina, and now she's off at school to be a dentist at Hope College. So she's all grown up. But anywho, so I didn't scar her too badly by bringing her into the radio station. You know what I mean? It didn't, it didn't scar yeah. her too terribly. Well, I got to tell you real quick about bringing kids in the radio station when I was at WKBZ. My kids were little, and they were, I did the overnight shift. And to entertain them, I gave them a, a ball of socks to throw up in the air to see if they'd catch some bats. So there you go. You know. And I, I think I scarred them for life. But anyway. Oscar, wow. They caught a couple. It was, it was quite a big, yeah, anyway. Not even a coloring book, nothing. Just I'm like, wow. There was, a, there was a time when I was at... There was just a time for the rabies right away. There was a time when I was at MUS and I showed them the, the, the candy machine. The candy wouldn't come out. So I figured a way to get it in there and get the candy out. Well, I went back on the air at MUS, and I'm doing my shift, and I go back to the break room where the candy machine was, and they had every candy bar and everything out of that machine. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. No, this, hey, no, it was a great place to raise my daughter. <laughs> no. Except for me, unless, unless I was the dad, then, you know, no. different story. They would have loved you, Oscar. Yeah. But uh, no, and so from there, it just I was with the same company for all those years. They just kept changing names and owners. Yeah. And then, of course, Clear Channel morphed into what we know as now as iHeart Media, iHeart Radio. Oh. The devil. <laughs> Did I say that out loud? No. Anywho. No. That was Bob. So I was with, I was with the company, I mean, together with, with Goodrich, turning into Clear Channel, turning into iHeart for 26 years. Wow. And um, my other daughter was raised in the radio station, too. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I went through... I went through all the different stations, Rock 101.7, WSNX. Now, did you ever work with Boatman? Yeah, well, he was on Rock when I was on WSNX. Okay, and oh, he, yeah, that's right. And that's he went right. to Reese Buffer, too. We he all did. grew up, to, we, we all yeah. lived in the same neighborhood. Yeah. So it's a small world. I mean, it truly is a really small world, but I love the Boatman. Love him, very nice guy. Up in um, Lettington. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. I actually did an interview with him. Yep, the Holiday Skating Rink. We all go way back. Yeah, that's where he started, at the Hollywood Skating Rink. He used to DJ over there. Him and my sister. My sister was a DJ. Yeah. I, okay. I was so proud. We all, <laughs> Kathy, I, and the Boatman, we all grew up in the same neighborhood, yeah. all went to the same school. I mean, it's, yeah. it's such a small world, um, but it's kind of funny how we're all in radio now. <laughs> Something in the water over there, I don't know. 
But um, yeah, so I was on Star 105.7, Star 108, Z108, uh, Rock 101.7, WMUS. I was amazed at all the stations that would hear you on. Well, I mean, they kept changing me around. And I think the longest stint I did was with country and I was on two stations at one time right. here on the lake yeah. shore I, I was there then yeah, yeah. I, w- I was at MUS the same yeah. time I was on with B93 and that stint lasted for about nine years yeah so I did a- and sometimes I get confused because you know I have to do the midday show on B93 and then rush back to Muskegon and do the afternoon yeah. show on MUS and I'd sometimes forget where I was yeah. and like oh I, oh, did, I yeah. did that. <clears throat> excuse yeah. me. With KB, when I was at KBZ, I did the uh, ten to three or something like that, and then I did seven to midnight at the oldies. And I, half the time, I didn't know where <laughs> I, I was. Right? I really it's hard. Didn't. You know, you're working from ten to three, then you're working seven to midnight, and it's like, okay, it's, you know, right? It, yeah. it's, it gets it gets to be a bit too much, especially driving back and forth. Sometimes, and then I was doing a lot of concerts too. I was hosting a yeah. lot of concerts over in Grand Rapids. Everybody wanted you to introduce them. They really did. Every, I mean, between everybody did. Come on. Yes, you, Bill do. Marshall, and uh, who else was it? I think just kind of you and Bill Marshall yeah, were the ones that... Bill. Bill is the best, well, though. The bowl. The bowl. They asked him oh, a couple yeah. times, the bowl too. And, and Dixon. Yeah, oh, yeah just, Mark Dixon, country. Yeah, of course. But there were a lot of shows. I mean, the country the country has blown up. I mean, oh, really yeah. blown up. And there are concerts, like, everywhere. I mean, big artists. I mean, some of the people I could tell you I met that weren't really anybody at the time, I would blow your mind. Um, the Zach Brown Band. I yeah. busted him. He was walking his dog out in the parking lot, letting his dog go poo in the back <laughs> parking lot. And I go, hey, you can't do that. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he walked up and he introduced his dog. And and I said, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bust you. He says, yeah, my dog's been on the tour bus too long. And I'm like, I'm Britta. You know, and he's yeah. like, I'm Zach Brown. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> and I'll be introducing you in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Wrap that dog up, put it in the trailer. You know, so, but I mean, people like that, that were just getting started who are now mega mega stars um little big town i mean i met the girls in the bathroom here at the mus studio i mean i didn't know who they were yeah you know dirk spentley you know wow i mean the nicest people country country music um they are the nicest people they are very very nice down to earth and the fans as well and the fans are very loyal very very loyal so but it was kind of a lot because driving back and forth to grand rapids Two or three times a day was getting to be. That's too much. A lot. Oh but yeah, I, I love my job, that. but that yeah. was a lot. Yeah. So, so we're listening to one hundred point nine MuskegonRadio.com, and of course, you've heard this voice going for several minutes now. But we will reintroduce her for <laughs> oh, those of you who are just joining in on the show. Good we're, idea, Bob. Britta Cleveland <laughs> is who we're talking to, and again, I, she really <laughs> needs no introduction. He's so professional. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> but well, well, I wanted to jump in here anyway because we've kind of taken Britta from the halfway point of her career to the end. But now we're going to go back to the beginning. Oh no! So we're going to we're going to talk about you, of course, being. You guys have already referenced this a couple of times, but growing up in Reese Puffer area, mm-hmm. and I know. Off air, we were talking a little bit about uh, the, some of the difficulties you had when you were growing up, which mm-hmm. really make it even more impressive to what you accomplished later in life. But let's talk a little bit about some of the struggles you had early on. Well, it all started on a cold March day in Hackley Hospital. No, no, no. I broke my mama's tailbone on the way out. And that's, a true that's a true story, too. I broke my mama's tailbone. But... Um, Ow. Yeah, I had really bad hearing uh, hearing loss. They didn't detect it until I was about four, you know, when you go in for kindergarten assessment. And uh, I had to have 
tubes put on my ears. And once that happened, oh, the whole world opened up. But by that time, kids learned to form their words, and I didn't learn squat, how to speak. I had every speech impediment you could possibly imagine. Um, my maiden name is Rodewald. Okay, Widowodewald. <laughs> Widowodewald is my name. Yeah, I couldn't say my R's or my S's or many other things. Um, so I had some very intense speech therapy growing up. I, and I was teased a lot in elementary school. I was very, very shy. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I was very, very shy. So moving forward into, like, the junior high school days and high school days, I tried to push myself by getting involved in speech class and theater and choir. And, um, yeah. Stop, stop, stop. stop. Say, say that again because it's important because... Instead of running away from your fears, you challenged yourself. Well, you got to keep in mind, I had four older siblings that were all overachievers that weren't going to let me just sit in a little corner and be a, a wuss. They were they were like, oh, no, uh-uh, you're not going to get a good... You're not going to shame this family. <laughs> exactly, you're not going to shame this family. Uh-uh, so no, I had to... No, we worked too hard. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to ruin the Rodewald name. Say it right, too. Rodewald. <laughs> so, Say it again. <laughs> you're going to be a doctor, damn it. No. <laughs> so, so yeah, I kind of, I was kind of forced into being in, being in those things, but it was good. It was good that I had a lot of older siblings that were pushing me to get out of that shell, and um, it was good because I ended up really, really. I found my passion. I love music. Um, I love theater. I love. I'm artsy. I'm an art, I'm an art geek, to be honest with you. Um, so moving forward into high school, I mean, I really, really got into to music. Um, won some competitions. Um, one of my favorite competitions ever, and I am very proud to say to this very day, I am proudly the host of Student Showcase at the Frauenthal. Um, going on actually my nice. my twenty seventh year um, of hosting Student Showcase because it's so important. Because when I was in high school and I was in Showcase, it gave me the confidence to pursue a career in music. <laughs> Um, so, anywho, um, then after high school, I mean, right after high school, I hightailed it um, as far as I could go on the continental United States of America. <laughs> I love you, Mom and Dad, but come on. Um, so I moved to Southern California. I lived a little while in Los Angeles. How old were you when you moved to California? 18. I was 18. Oh, right, it was right, right after high school. That is so impressive. Okay. No, I was like, man, I got yeah. to go. Um so I moved to um, Southern California, and uh, I didn't have a job. I uh, wasn't going for school, which made my parents oh so happy. Um, but they luckily they gave they were, they had faith in me. Plus, I think they just wanted me to move out. <laughs> I was I was the youngest of their five yeah, kids. You weren't really planned, they, right? They, <laughs> I wasn't planned. I was the way accident. You delayed child. their plans. Actually, the sister before me was the accident child. I was like the, the way way accident child. But anyway, so, so they were like, let's empty this nest. <laughs> yes, we're ready. We're ready for parental retirement. Um, but anyway, so I moved out there and um, I got some real jobs. I mean, I was a cocktail waitress and I worked at a defense contracting firm as a receptionist um but i kept trying to pursue music and a window opened up by the name of roseanne barr and this is a true story i can't make this stuff up roseanne barr did her infamous um national anthem that we all remember at the san diego padres game yeah don't play that no 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 no. if you can find it no no but the local radio station 91x i'll never forget it was a local alternative rock station did a contest to have 
someone come out and audition and win a contest to actually sing at the next home Padres game. And yours truly won. I don't know how in the world, but I won. Um, no, but that's really impressive. So you're in Southern California. Yeah. There's 70 people. The anthem is ridiculously hard to sing. Um, yeah. For you. And, well, <laughs> it's, it's more nerve-wracking because you're in, usually well, in front of people. When yeah, you're doing and you, you it, don't and want to mess up, but a good singer can't sing that properly. You, you know, no, seriously. Yeah. And, uh, it was a slow day in San you, Diego. Forget words, <laughs> or forget the words day. like Christina Aguilera. Okay, but, yeah, yeah. 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 It was, it, oh, I've done that before. Uh, but anyway, um, it was so that was, I don't, all the stars lined up for me on that. And because that opened up, because the baseball season is a really long season. Yeah. And they need a lot of national anthem singers. 81 home games. And they kept calling up. They're like, hey, hey, you feel like singing a game? And my roommates and I, we were broke. So of course you get free. T- I didn't get paid. Oh, I was just gonna ask you, get, you didn't get paid. No, okay. no, but you get free tickets to the game, yeah. and they were usually really good tickets. No hot dogs. No, no nachos. We have free parking nachos. and tickets. <laughs> but that was cool because we were a bunch of we were a bunch of broke yeah. broke kids living in an apartment together, and my roommates loved it. They'd come and cheer me on, and so I started singing every couple of weeks. I'd sing at a Padres game, and then fall rolled around, and I, I this this. One touches me because I, I love Lou Rawls. You know who Lou Rawls is. Oh, yeah. You'll yes. never find me. Okay, <laughs> Lou Rawls. He is a San Diego native. Well, I don't know if he's a native, but he was living in San Diego at the time, and they would usually have Lou Rawls come and sing the national anthem on Veterans Day oh, wow. at the Chargers games, which is the, which is a whole different it's a whole different ball game. It's a whole different ball game. And um, it was Veterans Day, and San Diego, as you know, is a really militarized city. I mean, big military. Okay, so Veterans Day is huge. Well, Lou Rawls was um, suffering with cancer. So they probably called a bunch of people, but they might have been out of town. So I was the last person on on their list. So they called me up and uh, asked me to sing the national anthem on Veterans Day for the San Diego Chargers and the Denver Broncos. So that... That went into yeah. that went into another. Then I started getting noticed as the national anthem singer. So I started singing for a lot, like the the Marine Corps annual um, five or not five k. They're they're uh, not five k. The big one. What's the big one? Marathon. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not, not an athlete. A bunch of k's. Yeah. <laughs> the big one. The really big one. But I started. Don't say a bunch of k's around me. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> oh. <laughs> you had to go there. Okay. No. no. 26.2 miles. That's what we meant to say. Yeah, they're Marines. They can run a lot more than 5K. Way 5K. Anyway, so I started doing a lot of military events out there um, and so on and so forth. And I kept running into the same radio station guys. I never thought to be in radio. Okay. I, I really didn't. But I kept running into the same dudes. And they were the same original dudes that held the contest um, after Roseanne Barr. And they're like, hey, you know, why don't you come to the radio station and do some commercials for us? And I'm like... Yeah, especially they talk like that. Hey, <laughs> Hey. And it was really fun because I wasn't getting paid. I mean, I was just coming. They were getting free free labor for me. But I didn't care. And my roommates thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. I was getting to hang out at a radio station every once in a while. And one of my first things I had to record, and I think it's so funny... And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do it re- recreate it for you, because keep in mind we lived on the Mexican border, and our and our t- 
transmitter was down in the Baja Peninsula of Mexico, so <laughs> highly populated with Mexican people. And I have to sound like a Mexican <laughs> doing the top of the top of the hour call letters. I can't wait for this. Ninety one X FAMA Baja California Mexico. And I just called <laughs> <laughs> my first thing here we're all like, on the edge of our seats here, like, here I'm this Dutch German chick from West Michigan <laughs> Could you do that one more time trying to sound like a Mexican person <laughs> do, it, do it one more time I gotta hear this 91X FAMA Baja California Mexico <laughs> <laughs> See. Oh, I'm like I'm like really <laughs> really donde esta el palo Dos, dos cerveza <laughs> Taco Enchilada you know, And I'm like going Oh my gosh I don't even speak Spanish I didn't even take Spanish In high school And, and this is like running Like I mean you could hear it In Mexico I mean Mexican people Were listening to this And I'm like This is a crying shame They're gonna know <laughs> They're gonna know They're gonna know The gig is up But anyway So I started doing Just little Little cheesy little stupid things like that for the radio station I was bit by the bug so then um, it's kind of tragic but not because my dad is still alive and kicking I love my dad my dad got really really sick Um, he was diagnosed with colon cancer by the way this is my little public service announcement make sure to get your regular colonoscopies because he just went in for his regular colonoscopy thought thinking everything was fine full-blown cancer Mm. it had spread all over his body they gave him less than three months to live and um, yeah I hightailed it Back he, to Michigan. He's still around. Yes. He's still alive. But the Lord. Wow. But, but the Lord. But my dad, Bill, is still around. Hashtag bless. Hashtag bless. But I tell, you know, I tell people that story because it's true. It but that's what got you back to Michigan. That's what got me back to Michigan. That's what got me back to Michigan. I got my, I mean, I, I had to get a job right away. So I started working at the Omni Fitness Club here yeah, in Muskegon. I remember that. Yeah, I started working there. But then. Not, not that I ever went there. I just remember. <laughs> I was going to question that. But. <laughs> well, I think I got my hair cut there once. They did. They had a really good, the they had a really the good salon there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I started working there just because I had to pay the bills. and um, But then. A couple of the guys that worked at the radio station. I don't know if you remember Chris Duffy. Do you remember Chris Duffy? Oh my goodness. Yes. Wow. He got me. He said, you know what? Because he'd come to the fitness club to work out. And he and I were talking. I'm like, boy, you know, I miss, you know, I, I, I told him the few little things I did. And he's like, you know, we could use an intern over there at the radio station. Why don't you come on by one day? Sounds, and I, sounds familiar. Back. We could use some free labor. Come on over. <laughs> I did, no, I did. And I, I stopped in, and they hired me right on the spot. I think I made like something like three, $3.50 an hour to run in traffic with Gene Gregory and Mark. Well, they were back in the studio, and I was running around in traffic. And li- the rest is history. I literally, they hired me as an intern. Uh, most of my duties were washing the station vehicles and handing out bumper stickers. Wow. I mean, literally, that's and and on the weekends, I never got to speak on the air other than the running in traffic junk. But I was running the syndicated stuff on the weekends with the reel to reel machine. I just had to make sure the reel to reel was queued up. Yeah. And um, that's when Bob Gridrich, four months later, gave me this speech that I gave you earlier. So yeah. that brings yeah. us all up. There to we speed. are. Yeah. We're all up to speed. <laughs> Bob was a very unique character yes, you did him pretty well it was pretty good yeah uh, you know what either you loved him or you didn't love him and i loved bob bill marshall loved him yeah. i loved bob so here's a question what yeah. brings a same woman like you to a crazy club like this what what does this is 
is like the funnest thing ever. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. When, when, Ka- when Kathy, when Kathy said, "Hey, do you feel like hanging out with us a little bit?" I'm like, "Are you kidding? <laughs> Are you kidding?" Britta loves working for free. I would free. be at home doing. It. I would be. I do. Honestly, she proves it every it's day. Either, it's, you know what? I would have been home folding laundry tonight, you guys, doing yeah. doing dishes and folding laundry. It's hard not to smile around. It's your lucky day. She brought his laundry with him, by the way. So you know, if you want to, we'll make sure we bring our laundry everywhere. <laughs> hey, so you'll feel at home. I, I don't mind. I do not mind. But you know what? I got to tell you honestly. When Kathy was chatting this up, and he's he. I'm sorry, girl. She was saying all the he's that are going to be here. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I love every single one of these guys. I love every single one of these guys. And I'm like, how much fun to hang out with all these guys that I just love mm-hmm. and just have some fun and laugh and I just be Yeah, you're silly, a perfect you know? fit. And, and your comedic chops. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, whatever. Your chops. Always. You were excited when I said Bob's going to have some improv stuff for us, which so, scares so mark me. So mark it you on your calendar. Right. This is Talking Tunes reboot show number three when she said she loved us all. Right. And she couldn't wait to. Yeah, remember that. And I do. We're going to record that and play it back if it ever goes, yeah. goes sideways. On. I just want her to say our ID in Mexican again. So I, <laughs> I got to figure no, it out. We can't say Mexican. We have to say this. I just said the Mexican because correct, we're on the yeah. Mexican border. Yeah. And there were a lot of people from Mexico yeah. living where this was being heard. <laughs> and they're like, ooh, this girl, this, well, see, that's this why chica is from around it here. It wouldn't have worked for me because remember Bob Bolton back at the oldies and eagles days, he had a, there was a, one of the stations they had was in Arizona, but it was on the border of Mexico, right on the border there. And uh, he wanted me to be the program director. <laughs> general manager over there and he wanted me to go over there and I said and it's like well they're having a little trouble with the drug running across the border but uh, you'll be fine I had young kids then it's like no, I think I'll pass yeah back and forth each day to your shift they have a little trouble there but uh, yeah they have and then Terry was telling me my wife was telling me that yeah they had underground tunnels and stuff oh, going yeah. through there and it's oh, like yeah. oh yeah I think I'll pass on that oh, job yeah. thanks Bob yeah great yeah. job no. it'll chop with him well you know what this was back in the day when i lived there it was nothing to cross the border i mean literally you didn't even have to show your id i mean literally you had to walk a bunch you had to walk or you could drive but you could just easy pie walk back and forth and boy believe me as my young roommates and i did because we weren't of legal drinking age of united states standards of course over in mexico they don't care you know as long as you're, you look like you're over as long as you got 16. I have money. You know, so my roommates and I would, you know, make a frequent little trip down to Tijuana. I can't even say that right. Tijuana. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a cat. Tijuana. Hairball. Hairball. Okay, we're going to take a... We're going to take a quick break. I think there's, there's more of that story of Britta, though, too. I think there's more to come. But anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back with more Talking Tunes. It's party pit time. <laughs> One, two, three. Okay, welcome to Party Picks, where we play those rare collector album cuts for all you people partying out there. Dig it, okay? Let's start off with a 60s B-movie soundtrack LP. It was released in 1962 and pulled from the theaters after just one showing. It's the title track, and it's called A Bikini Full of Trouble. A Bikini Full of Trouble 
trouble What a girl, man oh man A bikini full of trouble When she's lying in the sand I think I'm seeing double Cause her swimsuit barely fits She's a bikini full of trouble And she's got real big Sorry. Mandal's coming out soon to your local Kmart stores in the Blue Light Specials. Who knows? It'll be Donnie Mania once again on 104.5. Hey, you're a soldier. You're a tough guy, Donnie, baby. Oh, yeah. That's Soldier Love, Donnie Osmond. And uh, it's almost as good as uh, seeing Tom Jones make his wonderful comeback with Kiss. Yeah, okay. Well, 4.5, the new Sunny FM is Oscar Osborne. I'm dressed for success. Like suit and white socks. What the girl here? Yes, sir. Well, I thought the Bible would stop running. Hey, Stash, you're here. But anyhow... Wish we had more time, but we're out of time. I'm Oscar Oswald from KBZ with the post show of the Four Tops and Four Seasons. Wishing I could stay just a little bit longer. Hi, George. Now if I could only find the door. I'm leaving fast as I can. Can you remember the movies of the 70s with the bell-bottom double knits and the gold chains with the shirts that were unbuttoned way down to, well, down to the navel anyway? I used to wear them like that. I don't anymore, thank goodness. I'm Oscar Osbo, and this week on The Sounds of the 70s, we'll listen to the movie soundtracks and musicals. Well, just to name a few, Jesus Christ Superstar, Grease, FM... And of course, we can't forget Saturday Night Fever. Staying alive. Staying alive. Sunday night, 8.05 till 10 on your variety stations. AM 850 and FM 95.3 KBZ. Well, when I heard this next song, I knew I had to go right out and buy a Chevy van. Too much fun to miss. Here's Sammy Johns from 1975 with his number five hit on the sounds of the 70s. I got my boogie shoes on. I don't know about you. I got my platforms on. They're, <laughs> they're tennis shoe platforms. They're pink. Just the right color. That's Casey and the Sunshine Band with Boogie Shoes, originally re- released uh, as a B-side for, remember the song, Shake Your Booty? Yeah. But it was uh, brought back to life in 1978 on, of course, Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. You're listening to the sounds of the 70s. I'm Oscar Osbo, and back with more after this. From the 73 movie, Jesus Christ Superstar, that's Yvonne Elliman on the sounds of the 70s. Well, a movie that was, uh, well, kind of a underground movie, I guess it became kind of a cult favorite, I guess you could say, uh, was the movie Harold and Maude. And from that movie, uh, the soundtrack was done by the one and only Cat Stevens. I don't know about you, but that disco fever is just taking over my body. From 1975, here's Shirley and Company. Shame, 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 shame on you. Well, it's time for me to tell you something good. Here's Rufus from 1974 featuring Chuck Akon. It was a song written by Stevie Wonder, first uh, top 40 hits, and the biggest song by Rufus. It wasn't until 1984 until Chuck had another number three hit. It was I Feel For You, written by Prince. We'll also have a Prince tune coming your way, so keep it right here on the sounds of the 70s. Well, this next story tells a story that you never underestimate the powers of a woman. Wait for that knock, knock, knock on the door. Here she comes in. It's a thin line between love and hate. Here's a Persuaders from 1971 on the sounds of the 70s. Play 
Well, this is actually something back in uh, the late 80s, early 90s, when I was doing the uh, WKBZ morning show with uh, Deborah Casamata. And uh, we talked about spam. So here we go with the spam jam, uh, the very first one that we did way back in the late 80s, early 90s. Now, the, the one thing you noticed about the spam yeah. is, is that it... It, it gets very little grease because we. Yeah, I got I'm butter really here. If you want to put a little butter in the Where, bottom oh, of the pan, oh, I should have done. You know, I didn't even think of. Yeah, I, I just assumed it would be really fatty, and it's yeah. sticking to the pan. It's not yeah. really as fat as you as I expected it. Okay, we got we got tomatoes for it, cheese, two kinds of cheese, some onions. We should really like. I, I probably should cut those onions up those, and we'll during the news <laughs> and uh, we'll fry those onions in there to yeah. give that that spammy taste. But but um, we're talking with uh, Hilly here. Okay, Hilly, you say you have your favorite spam recipe. Yeah, there's two of them. I like it fried in brown sugar. Oh, that's a great a idea. Uh huh. And another way I like to fix it is cube it with cheese. Cube both the jam and the cheese and put it on a hamburger bun and put it under the broiler. When the cheese melts, it's really good. It is. Mm-hmm. So the cheese is what really gives it that bonus flavor. Oh, well, yeah, but the <laughs> spam is good to spam. Okay. Spam. Mm-hmm. You, got, you probably got the spam song at home, don't you? No, I don't. Well, this is for you, Hilly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You have for lunch, just eat it, eat it. 
We used to have a spam carving contest, but uh, we've gotten out of that. We do have a, uh, an event every year called Spam Jam here in Austin that's uh, yeah. built around uh, spam. But, but our attitude is, is that uh, spam uh, sculpting contests really take away from the, the exact purpose of that product, which yeah. is to enjoy well, besides it. Besides that, you got, food. you got a spam race car. I mean, why, why would you want to, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. You need right. to carve it when you've got a race car going. The spam is cooking. We're yeah. back with spam. Have you ever just just out of curiosity? Did you ever picture yourself when you went into news, <laughs> seeing yourself with headphones cooking spam? Uh, n- no, not, no, not no. in my worst uh, nightmares. Na- nightmares. Yeah. No, okay. not not at all. But this is fun. I don't care. <laughs> I'd, be, cooking, I'd do it again. Cooking spam and headphones. It's it's a, it's a new <laughs> a new treat. <laughs> that's true. We're just missing our our chef cap and apron. Yeah, that's what it is. You know what we've got to do? We've got to invite somebody to eat spam with. Us here today. Oh, okay, okay, we'll do that. We'll have to do We're that. back with the spam ambassador. What, what inspired you to give it to Boris, President Boris Yeltsin, Russian well, president? There's an interesting and very unique story behind that. Uh, uh, Khrushchev, uh, Nikita Khrushchev, in his memoirs uh, entitled Khrushchev Remembers, uh, credited spam luncheon me with being a, a very strong element in, in uh, Russian British American troops winning the war in 19. Uh, 4245. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a very interesting reading. And, and so, recognizing that history, uh, in 1991, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev was in the Twin Cities, and our chief executive officer, uh, Dick Knowlton, happened to be invited to a briefing. And uh, he attended that briefing with about 100 other CEOs, and at that time used that as an opportunity to provide uh, Gorbachev with a can of spam, <laughs> which got great press attention at the time. Right. And so one year later, as we all know, uh, he's out of office, and Boris Yeltsin is in, and Senator Bob Dole uh, asked about a tour of a typical meatpacking plant for, for Boris Yeltsin, and uh, he selects our plant in uh, Wichita, Kansas. And it was just fitting that we continue this tradition of presenting a can of Spam to the leader, uh, world leader from Russia, and so <laughs> Boris Yeltsin was the next one on the list. So that's what the Russians think of us. And Spam it'll be interesting members. if he's out of power, as everybody re- assumes he's going to be here very shortly. This is Monty Python. Yeah, I think we should get back to the Spam Ambassador, don't you? And uh, we're back with the Spam Ambassador, talking about Spam today. Jeffrey, you had a question? What exactly does Spam stand for? Yeah. Um... What is what does the name mean? Sure. In in the mid nineteen thirties, our company had a product called Hormel Spiced Ham. Mm-hmm. And Jay Hormel, who was our CEO at the time, felt he needed to come up with a with a new brand name that would leave a longer, more lasting impression in the mind. <laughs> well he didn't know what he left. <laughs> <Really? Yeah. laughs> and he just didn't think Hormel Spiced Ham did it. So on New Year's Eve of nineteen thirty six, uh, he gathered together a number of family and, and friends and uh, and uh, at a New Year's Eve party and announced uh, a contest earmarked one hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Considerable money in those times. You're marked $100 to the person who, in his opinion, mm-hmm. would come up with the best name for this Hormel Spiced Ham product. And I guess to add to the, the folklore uh, of the Spam uh, image, uh, it was an actor visiting from Hollywood. Oh. And we're not sure that he's got credit for anything else, but he came up with the name Spam, and Spam is reputed to be an acronym for Spiced Ham. Okay. <laughs> we we came up with all sorts of names. Really? <laughs> that was the fun part of it, just coming up with certain names that it might it might have been, yeah. And now it's time for a flash from the past. Hi Tom. Hi Deborah. You you want to join us for spam breakfast this morning? Uh, not if you're cooking it in earphones. <laughs> no, not, oh, not in the in earphones. earphones. Might, might make it a little extra greasy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> you know, I'm a, a surprised it's not as greasy as you would think. It just doesn't have I a, had to add butter. I'm still waiting for a good smell to come though. All right. <laughs> Butter and spam, that's good for your arteries. Oh, oh thank you. Yeah. Well, we tried to get the light spam. We found, I guess a couple people called us. They said they yeah. had some at the North Muskegon Meyer and one at the D&W. D&W. Yeah. 
So right. we, we were misinformed, but we, we now have the right story. Well, we, we've got some really, uh, a spam grilled cheese hero we're going to be making out of this stuff. Mm. Sound good? <laughs> that sounded so appeasing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> that, that ooh is very committal. Sure. <laughs> <I noticed>. <laughs> <laughs> okay. you, you'll be here while we taste our first slice of spam. Here oh, we're going to try some? Mm-hmm. This oh, one's no. done. Just just by itself, then we'll add it on a piece of okay. bread. I gave him an actual fork. The whole thing? I can smell it. What are you going to use? (laughs) The knife. Oh, the knife? (laughs) I'm going to do it caveman style. (laughs) (laughs) Ready? Okay. That's hot. Very, very hot. Did you ever think you'd be on, on the air with us talking about spam? Well, no, I, I, uh, I didn't have any ideas, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but, but now I know. <laughs> and I could tell you. You're really pleased. You'll be telling your, you'll be telling your grandkids about this. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. You know, I've been a spam I'm, fan. I'm for still a long waiting time. for a taste to come. You know, it doesn't taste so bad. No. I talked to my dad yesterday and told him what we're doing, and he goes, "You know, you're probably gonna like it." Well, I, I can see with some Swiss cheese in, then it's going to mm-hmm. taste pretty decent. Well, we had to try it by itself just to get a real honest flavor. And now it's time for a flash from the past. Everybody get out of here! There's a laughter! I'm Oscar Osbo with Deborah Casamata and... Hola! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen what to that do they spam say in Hawaii? Pie. They say aloha. Yeah, but that's... Well, because it's... I think we're going to have to talk about it. Yeah. Isn't it their favorite in, a, in a oh, Hawaii? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, Hawaii, yeah. yeah we we'd already asked them, I think. Yeah, okay. My favorite are the spam boxer, boxer shorts. shorts. Those <laughs> crack me up. I think they're funny. Well, we do have a, you know, uh, for spam fans, we consider it to be a mail order dream come true. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if, and if you are a Bart Simpson fan, we do have those boxer, those spam boxer undies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we saw those in the catalog, yeah. Oh, so if they want to get the catalog. Oscar, Oscar loves the cap. Yeah. Ooh, that's funny for the him. The cap, the, the spam jam t-shirt, all that stuff. Earrings. Nice. nice. Earrings. Well, I'm not so into the earrings. Can you but confess <laughs> what, what spam items do you own? What spam items do I own? Yeah. Well, I do have the boxers, and I do have a great uh, running jacket, them? the champion running jacket. Uh, no, I'm not yeah. wearing it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's a little more information. Well, you know, I just thought I would want to see it because you seem so comfortable, so I was just going <laughs> to say, you know, you're wearing the spam boxers. They must be comfortable. I do have the spam wristwatch on. I wouldn't be without that, of course. Oh, there you okay. go. Yeah. And it keeps perfect, uh, perfect perfect time. Yeah, okay. It gets me to work there. every time, in a way. Perfectly be a, spam time. Yeah, some kind of spam word there. It's spamtaneous. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Spam timely? I don't know. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Spam timely. <laughs> uh, you asked for the number of the, to get a catalog. Yeah. It's 1-800-LOVE-L-U-V-SPAM. Why is it Why is it so shelf? Yeah. Why, 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 why will it last for like so long? They're like Twinkies. It's just in the process. It's the cooking process, the sterilizing process, which I indicated takes, takes about four and a half hours. Uh, that provides that indefinite shelf life to it. Uh, we've had a can that came back from a homemaker here several years ago. Uh, she professed to have it in her pantry for 19 years <laughs> and wanted to know if it, was still, it. if it was still edible. Uh-huh. So we took it over to our research and development people, and they opened the can and prepared it and, and found it to be perfectly wholesome. So do they eat it, though, or they just they, it first? They enjoyed it like we do every Friday here when really? we have, a, when we have oh. a taste cutting. You do? What, really? what do you do? Do you have a whole bunch of different recipes laid out? Well, what we really do is we just take uh, representative cans uh, off the production line and just make sure that all the attributes are there, the consistency mm-hmm. and the flavor and the texture <laughs> and so forth. Kind of like 19-year-old <laughs> spam. Ooh. That's like wine a good bottle tasting. of champagne, isn't it? Okay, yeah, yeah okay. Spam tasting? Mmm, I don't know. <laughs> How long does it take, do you know, to make one can of spam? How long does it take? Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, probably about uh, six hours from the time it uh, goes to the blending and uh, grinding operations to the filling. And then uh, the bulk of that time, though, would be in the cooking and sterilizing process, which is probably about four and a half hours of that. Uh, we can produce about uh, 485 cans per minute here in Austin with only 13 people. So you can tell how mm-hmm. highly mechanized, high, yeah. highly automated it is. But 485 cans a minute, 13 people. And that is two shifts a day, uh, six days a week. Do you have a lot of Girl Scout troops going through there to see how you make spam? No, uh, we don't permit spam it. Spam factory? Uh, we don't permit it, unfortunately, but uh, we do have a lot of requests for it. I'm reading here, too, that uh, it says that the original spam is uh, actually 100% high-quality pork and ham. It's not. There's, there's no fillers, no cereals, no meat byproducts. See, I, I always thought that spam was just something that <laughs> was, was done with the leftover ham stuff, you know? The like same perception dogs? you have of hot dogs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Basically, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're pleased to put that to rest. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and, and it has, has no other ingredients but uh, some salt and water and a little sugar and sodium. As you can tell, it's a very simple formula. Okay. Well, I have, I have a piece of trivia. 3.8 cans of Spam luncheon meat are consumed every second in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> this Isn't is 228 something? cans a minute and 13,680 cans an hour. Yeah, and I was also reading there that the, the military is still a, a big buyer of Spam. To the commissaries and, and to uh, military bases, yes, uh, there's a lot of Spam still consumed. So he could... You know. but now, with, I, I just, real quickly, was this, quite, was this um, made for the military? Was no, it, it was at the time it was uh, introduced in 1937, thought to be a very convenient product uh, for the homemaker okay. because it was shelf-stable.
I've got a condo made of stoner. We'll be back with more after this. Mm. Hey there, what you eating for breakfast? Oh, cereal. Looks good. Mm, it is. It's fruity and crunchy and loaded with some kind of fiber or something. What's it called? Oh, it's fruit and... Yes. Fruit and... Uh-huh. Uh, gee, I don't know. Uh-oh. That's a mistake. Why? Because you're eating new fruit and fiberglass from Corning. Fruit and what? Fruit and fiberglass. Don't go. <laughs> it's got iron, vitamins, silicon, and an R factor of six. Help! Call the paramedics. Fruit and fiberglass. Because if you don't know what you're eating, you're stupid. <laughs> 